Good afternoon again. Our next coach will be Lane Kiffin from Old Miss. In the hallway visiting, Lane reminded me this is his second time as a head coach in media days. It's his second season going into Old Miss, but he was here at the University of Tennessee 12 years ago. Uh, beginning his second season, he will step into the year having finished with a victory in the Outback Bowl. In his coaching career, pretty remarkably, he's been part of 10 national championships, eight bowl victories, worked with four Heisman Trophy winners. Jean, as you may be aware, it notes, it notes on here, he's, he's active on Twitter. He has his son, Knox, uh, with him. And uh, just a shout-out to Ryan McGee. If you buy or otherwise secure Ryan McGee's book, there's a story we've not verified the accuracy about a young Lane Kiffin at North Carolina State when his dad, Monty, coached there. So it's my privilege to introduce head coach of the Old Miss Rebels, Lane Kiffin. Hey guys, good to be here. Um, commissioner actually reminded me uh, when he saw Knox, went up and said hi to Knox. Um, you know that Knox needs to earn his scholarship because uh, the commissioner's fine last year. I think I, I tweeted that um, Knox's, Knox's uh, college fund is gone thanks to the, the fine there. So um, it's good to see commissioner and it's good to be here. I guess it was 12 years ago. I uh, barely remember it. Uh, lots happened since then. And, you know, 12 years from being here and seeing everybody. And this has been um, a long, long year. Last year ended well. Uh, we we're excited the momentum that we built. And we feel it uh, in the fan base. We feel it with our players. It's been good to have recruiting back open, you know, so that kids can come be around us and I think we've created some momentum there so we got a lot of challenges um, first off defensively improving from last year I do think signing a lot of kids in the offseason that were mid-years and really having our first spring you know I think if you look around the country first year staffs uh, really struggled especially on defense and so we'll look to improve there got a lot of good players coming back on offense led by the quarterback, so challenged to get him to play. I think he played as well as anybody in the country at times. Last year, um, in the notes coming in, you know, reading them, I guess he was first in the country in total offense per game last year, which I didn't even realize. Um, so it shows the level he can play at. Now he's got to do it more consistent. And I saw in those stats, too, we were first in the conference in rushing a year ago, so we need to continue to build off of that regardless of the quarterback. Uh, you know, even though I know a lot of times people think we just throw the ball wherever we've been, uh, you know, we're at our best when we run the ball, and I think you've done that really well at times. So with that, questions? Thank you, Coach. If you have a question, raise your hand. Please give your name and affiliation. We will get a microphone to you. All right, we're going to start over here on the left-hand side. Parrish right here on the end of the aisle. <clears throat> Parrish Hall for Daily Journal in Tupelo. Lane, you mentioned that uh, – Matt played as well as anybody in the country at times. How do you and Jeff help him become more consistent? Well, good to see you, Parrish. Um, I, I think that, you know, again, having a spring finally with him, you know, he's never had a second year of a system. I think it's going to be, has been good for him. I think that 
you know, we were still trying to figure out ourselves too without having to spring, not just him, but our offense. We didn't know if he was going to be the starting quarterback, you know, when we went in to camp. So Anna was the first year of working with Coach Lebby. And, you know, so putting that all together is a challenge. And I think, you know, where we've been a lot of times, we've seen sometimes as a year ago that help our players in our first year. So he's been, he's done a great job from a leadership standpoint. He's a very confident kid. And so we got to get him to play more consistent. Because like we said, he played great at times and he played really poorly at times. And I think a lot of people forget with that too, that it was his first year as a starter. So we know what to build off and we know what it should look like. Coach, we'll go down here front left. Bob? Uh, hey, Lane. Bob Holt, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Yeah, follow up on Matt. Obviously, that Arkansas game was very atypical. Looking back on it, what do you think happened to him? Why did he have all those interceptions? And how did he recover from that? Because a lot of guys, they have a game like that, maybe they, they lose all their confidence. I think it says a lot about him that he was able to recover from that. You know, I get asked all the time about, you know, why didn't we pull him? And we've just always, I've just always believed that you, you know, you're really slow to do that because you get in the pulling the quarterbacks and back and forth and their confidence is lost. And it's not like another position, you know, when you're the leader of it, you got to take the ball every single snap. You know, if your confidence is rattled and, you know, floating different guys in there. So I'm glad we stayed with him. Um, he learned a lot from it. And, you know, that's, Sometimes you got to have obstacles. You've, I've referenced obstacles away. That's as good as it gets right there. You know, throw the ball to the other team six times. Um, you know, that's a pretty big obstacle. And so he learned a lot from that. And that was coming off an Alabama game seven days before of playing extremely well. So it's a lesson for all of our players. You know, you got to go back to work and, and be humble. Coach, we're going to go back here. It's bright light right over on the far right along the wall. Blake Tomar, USA Today Network. Uh, Lane, another quarterback question for you. At, at this event 12 years ago, you brought your all-SEC ballot to prove you voted for Tim Tebow uh, as preseason all-SEC quarterback. I was curious, who would be your pick this year uh, for preseason all-SEC quarterback? All right. <clears throat> I didn't even remember that 12 years ago, but now that you say that, because I believe there was something about someone didn't have Tebowed first team all SEC. And as usual, I was accused of that. So <laughs> I brought my ballot to, to show everyone, to show Urban. Um, so what was the second part of the question? You got me all off. <laughs> now we're, gonna, we're back to Urban Meyer and Tebow and, and singing Rocky Top in the swamp all night long. That part. Okay. <laughs> Who would be your vote Who'd for be the vote? this year? Um, I mean, I, I would say uh, our own quarterback in Matt uh, statistically played as well as anybody in the country. And I guess, and like I said in the stats, reading them in my notes from our SID, only four, four players, four quarterbacks ever have led. SEC quarterbacks have led the country in yards per game. So to me, that just shows how good he can be if he's consistent. Coach, we're going to go right here in the center. Yeah, Lane, Tony Sakalas, Bam Insider. Um, after last year's game against Alabama, how close do you feel like your team is to beating them, and what would that mean to be the first assistant to beat Nick Saban if it so happened? 
well, I don't look at it at all about being the first assistant or, you know, whatever that stat is. Uh, and, <clears throat> you know, we were close, um, played really well on one side of the ball, uh, you know, but that doesn't matter now. I mean, the year before, I think we lost 66-3 or something like that. So every year is different. Every year has new challenges. I said at some interview on the way in here, you know, um, you know, the discussion was about Alabama and Coach Saban and, you know, the parity in college football. And I said he just – he's done it different than anybody's ever done it and better than anybody's ever done it. No disrespect to the coaches back before. Um, there's not supposed to be parity, you know, with 85 scholarships and 25 a year. You know, my dad tells me the stories of coming in and having 75 freshmen, you know, in his class coming in. So, you know – to do what he's doing nowadays and every year, you know, you guys say something that upsets him and gives him rat poison and makes him mad and and then and then we have to deal with that. So I don't know what the storyline is this year. It'd be something that you did about losing too many staff guys or the quarterback, whatever, but he just finds a way. And it starts with recruiting. You know, he just does such a phenomenal job of recruiting. And so when you got the best players you know, and you got to go against them. That's enough challenge, let alone before you even get into how great he is as a coach. Coach, we're going to go over here to our left. Michael Katz, Daily Journal. Um, you brought up Twitter. I'm just kind of curious, how did you kind of come to embrace social media? And do you genuinely enjoy the banter and all, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, Twitter was not a plan, like, a long time ago it really started I didn't know anything about it it started a long time ago um, for recruiting and then there was a time there where there was a rule which didn't make any sense that you could not text the kids or the parents but you could direct message them on Twitter so that's really how we had to learn to use Twitter or we were gonna fall behind you know, even as an assistant coach at Alabama so it just kind of took off from there, uh, I do enjoy the fan part. Uh, I think it's it's comical, you know, when I jump on there and read things and um, how people react to things or the rumors that people write. And so it just gives people a platform to say and do whatever they want. And I guess sometimes I, I do that too. So uh, allows me to kind of be a normal person on there. So I do enjoy it, um, just seeing it and seeing the interaction, especially in the SEC and the fans and I'll point out something even to Knox like on the plane or something and say okay here's here's this tweet okay and it only has 20 retweets you know and it would be something serious and then here's something that isn't serious at all but has to do with the SEC and you know here's hundreds and hundreds of retweets so uh, there's a lot of passion here uh, in this conference and the fan base so I, I enjoy it. We'll go over to the right side on the near aisle. Hey, Lane. Adam with Kentucky Sports Radio. You talked last year about analytics and using the book, when to go for it on fourth down, seven is greater than three. How much do you think that gives you an advantage over the competition? And as you progress in your career, are you leaning more into that? Well, I know that sounds like he just said seven's more greater than three, and that's pretty basic. But that is a big part about analytics that for whatever reason, for years as coaches, like that didn't hit us, you know, because I think it was just the feeling of, oh, I kick a field goal or I attempt. It's not even I'm going to make it. I'm going to attempt a field goal. So then it's like as a coach, I did everything I'm supposed to do. We got the ball close enough. 
And when you dive into the analytics, you know, it obviously teaches you to play different. Uh, I think somebody said we were, you know, most fourth down attempts or something in the country. I know at FAU one year we were. Um, so, and that's not, I think some people used to do that, just gunslinger mentality. Like, I'm just going to go for it no matter what. That, that's an, that is not that. That is all calculated. Uh, it's not easy to follow. And I think that's why a lot of coaches struggle because it goes against how you were trained to coach and how you're trained to make decisions, especially when you watch the NFL, you know, which um, until as of late, everybody just kicked. And <clears throat> so it is hard to follow at times. Um, I'd like to think that, you know, we follow it really well, which is why we end up being so aggressive and and then remember the analytics you know my book's not the same as your book and your book you know it's different based off of our offense our defense and our kicker you know so if your kicker is doing well that changes if your kicker you know is struggling that season that changes your book your book changes every week and and then there is something to there's going to be some times where to me the book doesn't understand the feel of the game at that point you know the book doesn't understand maybe it's 58% you should go for two right here. But it doesn't understand the momentum and where the crowd's at with that and how hard you work to get back to that point. And so you may kick the extra point. And so, and it doesn't understand exactly how you feel about your game plan either. You may feel really good in certain games in short yardage situations or goal line situations. Um, and even though the stats say one way, you know, you do different because of your feeling. But I do think everyone, not everybody, I do think a lot of people are catching up to it. So I don't, you know, if you think it's an advantage like you referenced, I think it was. And I think people now, because it's more public and more people are doing it, are, are catching up with it. Coach, we'll stay in the center section, about five rows back, straight ahead of us. Coach Theo DeRosa with the Commercial Dispatch in Columbus, Mississippi. You've got a couple of young players from our area in the Eli Acker and Luke Altmeyer. How do you feel like they're progressing so far? Eli had a good spring, moved him around uh, at guard and tackle. Very athletic player for us. Luke just getting there for the spring, which is hard at any position to come in as a mid-year player, but especially quarterback, you know, and have to lead your group. I think did a really good job and, and has a bright future. Okay, we're going to go over here to the left-hand side. Jake Thompson with the Oxford Eagle losing Jacquez to, to Kentucky. How has that kind of changed your approach to the defense entering fall camp? And I guess did that kind of put an emphasis on getting all those midseason enrollees and having that spring now under their belt? Yeah, it's just the world we live in. You know, that you know, free agency just happens. You know, at least now there's somewhat of a calendar being put around it, but it's still, you know, it, it happens. So wish him the best of luck everybody has their reasons and you know fans and I don't know if media does too they all want to get mad at the kids you know and you know or assistant coaches how can this kid leave and then I look at assistant coach say you're the same guy that's going to leave when you get a different deal somewhere else so um you know I, I wish him I wish him the best of luck which we'll go over here on the right section three rows back hi Travis Brown at the Bryan College Station Eagle um when you look back on last season, what is some of the things that sticks out to you leading up to the postponement and cancellation of the A&M game? And then what are your thoughts on, on the program getting to play them in year two? 
Uh, I think the A&M game, I think initially was the other way. It was They didn't have enough numbers, I believe, the first time, I think, or something. And then the second time, um, obviously, was us. So, you know, Jimbo's done a great job there. Um, elite coach, recruiter, and elite program. So, you know, it'll be challenging whenever we play them. And we'll look forward to it. And we're going to go in the center section about halfway back, straight ahead of us. Hello, Coach. How you doing today? Great. Jerry uh, Hamilton, the Tuscaloosa News. This year you got a week four matchup versus or at Alabama. Uh, last year, 111 combined points. Did you last year and do you this year have any tricks reserved in the bag offensively for Alabama? Well, we use about all of them. 111 points is a lot between the two teams. So, um, obviously, that was a big game. Every coaches say every game's the same. You know, you know when you have an elite program you're playing against that you play every year that's in your division. You know, um, it just means more. So, you know, we had a chance. Um, they did a great job. Sark did a great job on offense. I mean, it's kind of exhausting afterwards, even as coaches, let alone being the players. So, you know, that'd be a big challenge going there, and. Like I said before, I don't know that anyone's ever done it as well as coaches now doing it for an extended amount of time, especially with scholarships as they are. And kids just keep going there. So they do a great job and keeps losing coaches and keeps replacing them. Coach, we'll go in the center section, a long hand, the left hand aisle. Lane, John Sokoloff with WCBI TV in Columbus, Mississippi. How are you kind of expecting Don Terrio to take a step forward this year, and how big of a role is he going to play in your offense? Um, I think that, you know, we can use him inside and outside and made plays for us last year, very strong hands. can play special teams. I think he'll be an elite special teams player at the next level. Um, you know, unique ability to do that and strength. So... You know, that's going to be a challenge for us with these receivers, who's playing where, move them around. Um, we have Plumlee in the mix to figure out what we're doing with him exactly. And, you know, that could be a number of things. Which we'll go here in the center section, the long hand, the right-hand side here, about three rows back. Lane, Mike Rodak with AL.com. Uh, today, Nick Saban said that his quarterback has earned almost a million dollars so far in NIL deals. Just Jeez. how have you seen that play out uh, with recruiting and the potential for other schools, brands to uh, earn players some money? That number just blew me away. So you didn't prepare me for that. Um, that's amazing. You made a million dollars and hadn't started a game yet? Wow. Um, I mean, I don't even know what to respond to that, but great for him. Um, it is neat. The players can make money now and profit, you know, off of their hard work and what basically everybody else in America gets to do. So, you know, I'm excited about it. I think it's very challenging trying to figure out how these things happen and what's legal and what's not and all that. So, I was asked earlier about it. I said, you know, I'm, I'm excited for it. I wouldn't want to be compliance departments, but a million dollars. Oof. Coach, we'll stay in the center section right in front of us, midway back. Elaine, Brooks Cabina from The Advocate. Um, you're talking about point totals. The LSU game, 101 points. I mean, 
with the surge of successful offenses in the SEC, do you find that it's harder to find a, an advantage in a game, a leg up? And how, how do you approach that? Well, I think part of that's analytics and just understanding how games are going. And again, you know, when you follow it, and then if you have a team, you know, like we were, where we were a lot better on offense and defense a year ago, you know, you got to be really aggressive and you're aggressive in your game plans. And, you know, it's not just fourth downs that may be fakes, tricks, and, um, you know, taking more shots down the field at times, playing more aggressive on defense, knowing, hey, there's a good chance they're scoring. So let's actually play more aggressive, you know, to create it, try to create a turnover versus let them move down the field. So, you know, it's, it's not something you want to have. You know, you obviously want to play really well on offense and play well on defense that you don't have to think that way. And that's what we're working to do. She'll stay in the center section along the aisle here about halfway back. Hey, Lane, Matt St. Jean, WTVA in Tupelo. During the offseason, you accepted a challenge from Dabo Sweeney to play him in one-on-one. I was wondering if a date was set and what your strategy would be going against Dabo uh, in one-on-one, ones and twos to 21. I think our basketball coach said that. I don't know that I exactly accepted it. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I've seen video of Dabo. Um, you know, he does shoot the ball well, very quick. Um, he did FaceTime me, actually, from Boca Grand, actually, uh, a couple weeks ago because he heard I was coming down there when he was down there uh, where he, he and Coach Saban stay. But he was golfing, not playing basketball with his son um, and the Raiders receiver. So uh, we actually didn't talk about basketball. But um, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to lose some weight, so I got a chance against him. Here right, we'll go center section over on the right-hand side. Coach, uh, Drew DeArman, WZZN Radio in Huntsville, Alabama. When you, I know it, you, we could tell you were frustrated last year defensively with the lack of being able to get stops. In the offseason, now that you guys have had a spring, but take us kind of inside the, the staff room with you and DJ Durkin and Chris Parkers. What was the game plan to try to get better defensively so you guys can take a step up in the uh, Western Division? Well, I think we just, you know, we struggled in all areas on defense last year. Now, on a good thing, we did play well in the bowl game, so, you know, that's how we ended the year, and hopefully we take off from there. But it was just challenging, whether it was injuries or different guys, um, you know, trying to learn a system and 3-4 and 4-3 and all things. But also, you know, you're playing all SEC games, so you don't have any non-conference games. You know, one helps statistically sometimes, but also to see early on in the year, you know, how guys play and being able to play your backups, hopefully, in a game like that. And we didn't have that. And then now you're playing SEC offenses every week. And it's also a year of some great offenses, you know, really elite players. So it was very challenging. Here we go, center section, uh, third row first. Go ahead. Yeah, Coach Olin Buchanan with TexAx.com. It's my understanding that Jerry Allen Ely has, uh, I think, shoulder surgery. How's he coming back from that, and what's his status? I'm, I'm still blown away on this Bryce Young. Like, <laughs> you guys made a million dollars already? That's good, man. He, should, he don't need to play next year against us. And, I mean, it's mind-blowing. Well, uh, Ely's fine. Um, he's been working out uh, with the team, 
and we're excited to have a fall with him where, you know, now that we know more about him, having a season that we could maybe move him around and do some different things. Here we have three in the queue. We'll start in the middle section, right in the middle. Stand up. Nick Kelly with the Tuscaloosa News. Coach, you seem to enjoy tweeting about Coach Saban especially. Do you know if he's seen your tweets or what his reaction's been? Um, well, he's certainly not on Twitter. We know that. Uh, now, Linda, his assistant, is probably prints them out, especially the ones that he may not like. And so he probably does see those. Um, but... I think it's all in fun. I think you guys know that are around enough um, covering us, how much respect I have for him, how grateful I am you know, for him hiring me in the three years together with him and for what that did for my career. But the respect, and like I said, nobody's done it like he's doing it ever. And with the scholarships, it should be an asterisk compared to what was done before. No disrespect to, to other coaches. We've got time for two more. We're going to start here on the right-hand side of the center aisle. Connor O'Gara, Saturday Down South. Lane, you said you're trying to lose some weight um, besides not maybe indulging in so much Mississippi food. I know you tweeted about that. Uh, what else have you done, and what have been the, the results so far? Strange question to ask a guy, I feel like. but um, <laughs> You know, you're being negative about Mississippi food. I'm going to be positive. It's a Mississippi diet. So I came to Mississippi. I embraced the food and just not a lot of it and have some portion control. So that's not really what the diet was, but um, I'm going to be positive about the food in Mississippi. All right, we'll go down here to Bob for the last question right here in the second row. Yeah, well, if it's okay, I was going to ask a two-parter, if that's okay. Um, Lane, if you could follow up talk about Matt, I mean, what, what are his real strengths? What are you expecting for the next step for him this season? And then is your dad going to be an analyst again? And if so, what does that add? And how, how's your dad doing? Um, did you say Matt? Yeah. Uh, we expect Matt to play better, be more consistent, uh, limit turnovers, uh, take care of the ball better. Uh, my dad's doing well. Thanks for asking. He just had a press conference, I think, last week going into the Bucks Ring of Honor, which is an awesome thing. And, uh, you know, just watching that press conference, seeing the, the old clips of him coaching at Tampa and how the players, Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber, Sapp, how Lynch, how they talk about him, um, you know, just really neat. I texted him after that, just make sure that he knew how much I respect him and appreciate him and love him and, and how unique that is. You know, he, he, you know, he changed people's lives, um, you know, by how he coached them and how he cared about them. So um, it's, a, it's awesome to have him around. He's, I think, 81, and um, he's still there, first one in the office every day. Pretty cool, pretty cool example for young coaches. Coach Kiffin, thank you for your time today. All right, guys, thank you.